Hey everyone, uh, don't worry, the theme song is coming. Uh, we just wanted to take a moment here at the start of our Extra Bad 70s episode just to say thanks and to pay tribute to uh, someone who's really influenced the podcast and uh, tragically died uh, a few days before. We um, we are recording uh, this small tribute. Um this tribute is for Ryan Brady of the Take It Away podcast. Um, Take It Away is uh, a podcast which looks at the solo career of Paul McCartney, basically breaking down every single track uh, made by Paul McCartney um, one by one. Um, it was hosted by Ryan Brady and also Chris Mercer and tragically Ryan died in a car accident um, just a few days ago. And I just wanted to basically record something at the start here just to say thank you to Ryan. Um, his level of research, his enthusiasm, his willingness for a long-form podcast is one of the reasons why I got involved with uh, doing bad things, really. Um, and it's just some really shitty news um and I've, I've got jacob here as well jacob i don't know if you also want to say some stuff about ryan and um i'll just let you let you fire away yeah no um i think he, he meant a lot more to you than to me but i i really enjoyed everything he did i thought the relationship he had with with chris was really good um uh, you know a very respected uh music professional in his own right he, he worked for atlantic records and and did some great work there, and it's just really sad. It's it's not, it's just far. He he died far too young, and still had a lot more to give to not just podcasting, but you know, music and entertainment in general. And it's just very sad. And um, it's yeah, it's it's. I'm struggling to say more than that. Really, it's just very very sad. And um, like you, yeah, you know, it's really nice that um, you you felt like he inspired you to do this slightly longer form podcast and. Uh, and really led the well certainly gave an example of of what it was like to really meticulously digest things and 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 give more longer form thoughts which is something that I think we try and do on this show so i yeah i think he's he's influenced us in ways i'm only really starting to understand and it, it will be a huge huge loss to well a lot of people because a lot of people love that show and uh, a lot of people rediscovered their love for some great music through him and through his work and it's just very very sad uh, i know i keep saying that but it is just just horribly horribly sad uh, yeah um and if you if you do want to uh listen to any of ryan's uh work there's a, a whole treasure trove in the archive as i said his main project that i was aware of was the take it away podcast he also had a side project podcast called now hear this which was about um basically him and his uh, co-host i'm really sorry i forgot the name of his co-host for that podcast but him and his co-host would bounce off each other each giving each other a uh, an album to listen to uh, for each of the episodes and that was also a really good listen also along with uh, being the i think the vice president of marketing at atlantic records ryan also put out his own music um and you can catch that on uh, what seems to be from what i'm seeing almost any streaming service that you could want 
Uh, he was in a band called Uncle Salsa and the Pelican Boy, uh, and they'd recently released a collection of music called Tropical Purgatory. So you could check that out there. And we, uh, in a, in I guess a, a kind of nice coincidence, uh, in this episode, you will hear us briefly mention the Take It Away podcast. Uh, this was recorded uh, kind of long before this tragedy happened. So yeah, just thanks to Ryan and. Um, yeah, see see you down see you down the line. Thanks thanks for listening, guys. to our most loyal of listeners and welcome to another edition of Bad Things Extra Bad. Uh, Carrying on our series here of looking at our least favourite number one singles of each decade from the 60s onwards. Uh, I'm joined once again, of course, by my omniscient editor, Jacob Simmons. Jacob, how is it going? It's going okay, you know. Yeah, not too bad. I am excited because I know that you are going to get very cross on this episode. Uh, and I love it when you get cross. So. Yes, last time out we had a look at the 60s and I didn't have too many gripes. My God, this time we are looking at the 70s and I have so many gripes. <laughs> the decade of the most standard, middle-of-the-road, safe music you will ever hear in your life. Mm. Yeah, it's um, well, when we, we sort of devised this format, uh, we decided that the 70s and the 90s were probably going to be the easiest, I think, to poke fun at just because of the trends at the time and how they've translated to a modern audience. But gosh, some of these tracks, like, fuck <laughs> me. What, like, the British, this is, the, this is why democracy doesn't work. Because if we put it in the hands of the British public, they will, they'll buy anything. They'll spend their money on, on literally any old shit, as we're about to see. Yeah, the chart is basically a weekly referendum. And it it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sit very well. Um, so I had no honourable mentions for the 60s. I have two for the 70s. All right, okay. Um, first up is a song that I actually quite uh, like in a sort of ironic way, so I didn't put it in my bottom five, hmm. but it's Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, I like that song. Um, I think it has a certain place. I think it knows what it is. Um, so, yeah I, I, yeah, I would never put it... I, don't even, I didn't even consider it. I considered a couple of other Rod tracks, but uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get to those later. You you can hear the death of disco in this song. Like this is the death knell of any authenticity that disco had. Um, but I do, you know, if it came on at a wedding, I'd definitely dance to it. Yeah. So I couldn't put it in the bottom five. Yeah, of course. And my other pick uh, is Donny Osmond's "Puppy Love" <laughs> from 1972. Horrible, horrible. Yep. Um, yep. Saccharin. How do you say that word? Saccharin. Saccharin. I got yeah. it right. Yeah. Uh, saccharin, uh, basically a teen song, teen pop song, uh, soft rock, horrible stuff. Yeah. 
Um, Jacob, what about you for honourable mentions? Uh, well, I, I sort of made a short list. Um, in terms of honourable mentions, uh, I had a couple of tracks by the Osmonds, actually. Um, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave that because um, I'll talk about the Osmonds in a bit more detail. Um, again, yeah, it's like I had... Um, I don't think... I'm, I'm going to say the ones I don't think will be in your top five but don't cry for me argentina julie covington from the uh, evita soundtrack it yeah, doesn't really I only know the madonna version oh okay yeah it doesn't really do anything for me uh it's just a sort of it's weird because it's like it's in a musical so you don't have the context uh doesn't really work for me um and the two rod stewart tracks i had picked, oh i've only picked one actually uh, and that's sailing which i don't actually rate that you highly. don't like sailing no i don't rate i don't oh. rate sailing not really sorry i th- I think just hours being in the car with my mum listen, <laughs> listening to Sailing may have uh, prevented me from seeing the horrors of this song. It's such a mum song. Like, everyone's mum loves a bit of Rod, don't they? Yeah, when he's kicking the footballs into the crowd and <laughs> Injuring all that stuff people, he does. yeah. Oh, they normally blow up footballs, it's all fine. All right, okay, okay. So, Jacob, let's get to it. What is your number five pick for the horror show of a decade, the 70s? My number five pick comes from 1977, uh, a year that began with David Soul's Don't Give Up On Us as the number one track. Um, it's not That's not David Soul. Uh, I haven't picked David Soul. I have instead picked, uh, from June of that year, spending one week at number one, Kenny Rogers and Lucille. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four hungry children and a crop in the field I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times Nathan, continuing on the trend from last episode, do you know this song? Is this a cover of uh, the Little Richard Lucille, or is it something completely different? It's something completely different, yeah. Um, you know the sort of the stereotypes that um, country music has, you know, it's depressing, it's about, you know, a woman leaving a man, uh, it's about, you know, people drinking themselves to death in a bar. This is every single one of those cliches wrapped up in a single song. Um, it's about like Kenny. Kenny meets this woman in a bar, and then her husband comes in, and she, and he's like, "Oh, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille, uh, with four hungry children and a crop in the field." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I know that Kenny Rogers is boring anyway, but I think he's got some good songs. I love the Gambler. I think that's a great song. Um, but then. This is just boring, depressing trash. And I don't know why country had a weird resurgence in the late 70s at the hands of Kenny Rogers. Um, so, yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible, horrible song. Sounds like an almost John Steinbeck-esque um, that country <laughs> narrative. Yeah, it's very sort of... Um, it sort of romanticises this old world America um, where, like, oh, I don't know... Just the verbiage as well, like, you picked a fine time to leave me. It's so, like, it's just so country. And I hate all of those cliches of country. Like, I love a bit of old country, um, like, really old country. Sometimes gets me going. Um, You know, Glenn Campbell is one of my favourite artists of all time. But 
his songs are quite emotional and, and authentic, whereas this is just... It's just depressing. Poor old Kenny. Poor Enter- Kenny. Entering into the top five. Sorry, Kenny. So my number five uh, is uh, from an artist I absolutely adore. Oh. Um, yeah, my number five is from 1972. Uh, and it's going to be Chuck Berry with My Ding-a-ling. note on this one chuck berry's only u.s number one. Oh wow uh along That's with the uk of course yeah oh my god just a horrible double entendre song i don't know if you've ever seen his classic bbc set uh it takes up way too much time of that program where you know you just want to hear him do all the thwacking rock and roll songs that he came <laughs> up. I mean, they worked, did have essentially the same chords as I think everyone agrees. But he, wor- he worked that well. Um, mm. But yeah, he wastes like a good five to ten minutes interacting with the crowd and getting the girls to sing some of the lyrics, which is a bit right. weird. Mm. Um, and uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, so who knows, he would often more admonish the audience and tell them they were playing with their own dingaling if they didn't sing along. I I often think about this song. Um, and more <laughs> I bet important... you bloody do. <laughs> hey, what's that supposed to mean? Um, and and like, what what was he thinking? Was this did like a record label put him up to this or something to try and relaunch his career? I was thinking that he didn't have a lot of money. That was my go-to <laughs> thought. Yeah, but it's so it, it it it's really weird that it's Chuck Berry because it is just, it's basically a novelty song mm. and like yeah, it's horrible. It's 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 you know I want you to play with my dingaling. <laughs> Hearing that in a British accent is quite something. <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? Uh, and it should not. It definitely should not be coming from the mouth of one of the inventors of rock and roll. Um, but. My God, <laughs> that's that's seventy two for you. Well, yeah, was seventy two a particularly bad year? I, I mean, I just have a thing against it because it's sort of past the psychedelic era, and that annoys <laughs> me. Um, yeah, you mean Voodoo Child wasn't number one at this point? Yeah, no, that's about four yeah. years out of date by this point, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I think that's fair enough. Um, I saw it, and I think I just sort of dismissed it immediately because it was so ridiculous. Yeah, you're sort of going away from the novelty songs, aren't you? Whereas I just find them unavoidably annoying. <laughs> I don't, I don't like this song. Don't get me wrong. Um, there's some other novelty tracks which I'm actually afraid are going to come up in your top five because I'm probably going to have to defend them. But I, I think with novelty songs, it's just like unless it's really bad, I sort of just see them as for they are what they are. Um, so they don't offend me too much. I, I, I much, I take much more umbrage with songs that are trying to be good and are just like, just no excuse for being shit. What's your number four then? <laughs> My number four, uh, to completely go back on everything I just said, I think it is a novelty song, or it certainly sounds like a novelty song to me. Um, it is from the year 1973, 
Uh, and it is by, uh, I think they're, uh, well, they're described as a group, but um, there's only two people in the name. This is from Tony Orlando and Dawn, and it is Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree. Oh, tie a yellow ribbon round the old I've not heard it. <laughs> okay, uh, so it was number one for four weeks, the biggest selling song of the year in the UK, which is why Britons can't be trusted. Um, and essentially, there's this this bloke who this bloke who um, he gets out of prison. Um, he you know he's done his time, quote unquote, uh, and he writes a letter to his love saying, um, you know, if you if you still love me tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree outside your house um, and then I'll you know I'll get off the bus and I'll come in um, and the song sort of goes through like oh will she tie the ribbon won't she tie the ribbon and he gets home and there are quote unquote a hundred yellow ribbons round the old oak tree um, so the payoff is super cheesy the, the theme... what wholesaler did she go to to get those <laughs> She was down Hobbycraft. She was just, uh, you know, packing in the yellows. Um, and oh, it's just like, it's just really cheesy and drab. And the music's not that great. Um, and it, and it's like, oh, the title as well. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. It just sounds like the, the biggest load of bollocks you've ever heard in your entire is the, life. Are they British artists as well, or is this an American? I think they're American, which really okay. surprised me. Um, yeah, they are... I'm on their Wikipedia page now. They are American. Uh, the song... Um, oh, the, the vocalists uh, on it are apparently um, like Motown Stacks uh, in-house vocalists. Okay. Um, but it doesn't feel like a soul song. Um, in more ways than one, because it has no soul. Even uh, Stax had given up by this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't heard the song, but oh, horrible. It's utterly, utterly horrible. We're back with the Osmonds, Jacob. <laughs> Yay. Uh, number four, uh, the, the the man who was marketed as Little Jimmy Osmond mm. from 1972. Oh, my God. Uh, long-haired lover from Liverpool. Youngest person to ever reach number one, aged nine years old and eight months, little yeah. Jimmy Osmond. Mm-hmm. The 70s were a real time for the Osmonds, weren't they? They were everywhere. Because mm. they, they didn't exist before that. <laughs> yeah, the Osmonds, they, they scare me, the Osmonds. <laughs> this weird sort of pop factory uh, 
that was just producing these sort of child stars and they were getting progressively younger and then Jimmy came along uh, and they were like, right, that's it. A nine-year-old has got a number one. <laughs> Christmas number one as well. Ugh, God. Basically, children within the music industry just makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah. ever worked. The only one I can think of is um, Stevie Wonder, Fingertips, which is a genuinely great song, but he doesn't sing on it, so that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're not, you know, the ear shredding vocal has been avoided. <laughs> oh, the vocals on this song are horrid. A, a thing about the plot of this song as well, you know, Jimmy Osmond is so obviously American, and it's like, why why is he the Liverpool-based <laughs> protagonist, and then his lover, his lover at nine years old, <laughs> is from California. You'll be my sunshine daisy from LA. What does that mean? Um, It's some sort of piss poor flower analogy to cover up from the horrendous amount of pollution in Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh, God almighty. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to refrain from saying too much on this track because, spoiler alert, it will be coming up again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your reasoning. <laughs> but yeah, I hate it. I hate it so much. Is it? Is it number three? <laughs> it's not number three, no. Um, my number three track is... Um, I don't know if it is controversial, but it's because it's talking about our favourite boy, Nathan. Who, because who's my, off at... my number three from 1977 is... Mull of Kintyre ah. by Wings. This song has got so much history to it because it broke all sorts of records when it came out. It was number one for nine weeks. Nine weeks in 1977 and 1978. It sold two million copies, the first time a record had ever done this in the UK. So it became the biggest selling song ever in British history with Paul McCartney replacing himself at the top of that list. (laughs) Um, She loves you. Um... What are your thoughts on this song? Because I think we've brought it up a couple of times. We're both big McCartney guys. Um, I'm a little less up to date on my wings than I should be, but you, you've heard all the wings stuff. I'm very intrigued to hear your thoughts on this album. Well, this wing- song, rather. Wings is my least favourite period of McCartney's career. Yeah, fair, um, I think as, as it is with most people. Yeah, well, we both listen to a podcast, don't we? Take it away. Great they podcast. love the wings stuff. They <laughs> love it. Um... Yeah, it's it's McC- I think McCartney just needed cash. Like, and <laughs> a lot of wing stuff is is quite. You know, there's still that underlying weirdness to it, but it is pretty mm. safe. Yeah, uh, kind of seventies uh, radio rock, I guess you would call it. Mm. Um, mm. This song, I'm I'm not massively offended by this song. It probably would still be a bottom twenty McCartney for me quite yeah. easily. Maybe a bottom ten. Just because nothing happens. <laughs> um, and it is ultimate Paul granny music. <laughs> and That's everyone my, should yeah. just listen to, uh, basically, just forget Wings and listen to how weird Paul McCartney gets in the 1980s. 
Um, or equally, turn this record over and listen to Girls' School, the um, the other A side on this record. The double A side, yeah. Girl School's great. I like Girl School. Mullah Kintyre can get in the bin. It's horrible. It's like you said, it's really boring. It's the same like four or five chords on the guitar. He's singing about this place in Scotland. The bagpipes obviously make an appearance. Um, it's all it's it's classic like let's all hold hands and dance around the Mulberry Bush music. It's just say it just reeks of like hippie bollocks in the worst way. And I think it offends me so much because it sold so well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Who was buying this? Why is this the song that sold two million copies? I don't understand. And and I have the same problem with with all the other big sellers, like Candle in the Wind. I mean, I get that expl- explained a bit more because it was for Diana, but whatever. This song is just... it's 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 not good enough to sell this many copies. And I think that's what ultimately pushes it into the top five for me. I thought about making it number one. Wow. Um, I know, just because of how much it offended me. But there are ultimately worse songs out there. So it gets a pass for that. But my God, what was he thinking? I think there's a whole story as well of him trying to push girls' school as the... As, was mm. it a double A side? A double A side, yeah. Okay, he was trying to push that as the first track on the double A Good. side. And the record label were like, "Oh, I I can see the dollar signs from Malav Kintyre." And, uh, I don't think, uh, don't think he ma- well, he didn't manage to get it through, but um, mm. don't think yeah. he argued much further than that. But yeah, the the absolute worst Paul McCartney track is a song called "Freedom" by <laughs> a country mile. But yeah, Malav Kintyre would be probably top ten wow. worst for me. What- okay, I'm I'm so glad you agree. Number three for me. Let's keep up with the middle of the road guff. Because we're going to 1976 here. Uh, we're back in Eurovision, Jacob. <laughs> of course. Before Eurovision got camp and interesting. Uh, this is going to be Brotherhood of Man, Save Your Kisses for Me. And I'm going to jump in, Nathan, because this is my number two. Hey! Kisses for me, save all your kisses for me. fucking awful isn't it I think the lead singer's moustache might be more offensive than the song <laughs> I am going to google uh, the lead singer's moustache what's his name oh, pff, as if I know <laughs> okay you talk about Brotherhood of Man um, and Eurovision because this won didn't it yes it did win it's the biggest selling song of 1976 and the biggest oh. selling UK entry song Really? Uh, as well, yeah. Even uh, bigger than um, Love Will Set You Free by Because <laughs> you bought 40 copies <laughs> at midnight. Um, yeah, I hate how safe it all sounds. There's way too much... Jeez, I was on a rant here. There's way too much glockenspiel strings and horns going on, is what I've written down. 
Yeah, it's I, I'd heard of the song before I did the research for this, but never heard it. Um, and when I heard like when I heard the track when it came on Ram Shuffle, I was like, this is really not what I was expecting at all. Like it's really campy and sort of like almost it, it's almost sort of like like children's music um, in the background of this song. And like oh, the, the save all your kisses for me, <laughs> horrible, horrible phrase. Um, and like the and, and the end, the end line as well is really weird because in it, like save all your kisses for me, even though you're only twelve or something like that. Yeah, because it was actually about his daughter or something. Oh. I read. Yeah, it just I've... sounds like he's a wrong un. We're going, we're going back to thick here, aren't we? It's just Robin <laughs> thick all over. He's again. a wrong and thick, yeah. Um, but my God, I, I'm so glad you agree. Um, I'm trying to think what else was uh, was Eurovision in the 70s for for the UK. Uh, was it no? Lulu was 60s, right? I can only think of Aberdeen. Obviously, they yeah. weren't a UK entry. <laughs> no, no, they but they aren't. they did win in Brighton, which I always find <laughs> hilarious. Your home turf. My um, home turf. Could you then... imagine going to uh, a record store in the 70s and? Your modus operandi is I'm going to buy an album called Love and Kisses because <laughs> oh. I like the song Save Your Kisses for Me. And this was a time when, like, you know, you obviously couldn't preview the album on, on Spotify. So you were you were laying down your hard, uh, hard-earned pocket money, your hard-earned tuppence for Brotherhood of Man. What a disappointment. You heard them on top of the pops and that was enough for you to race down <laughs> to your local store. To your local um, HMV or record retailer. And um, and lay down your your hard earned halfpenny for uh, <laughs> this absolute tripe. Uh, number one for six weeks. Six? Oh my god! Ridiculous! Utterly ridiculous! Hate it! Hate it so much! So if Eurovision's in May, it's stretched into the summer oh. with its uh, with its claws, its middle of the road claws. Yeah. Uh, well, it was in the first number one in t- uh, the twenty seventh of May. Uh, 1976 and ended in in the 8th of May uh, 27th of March sorry ended the 8th oh, of May okay. uh, and was replaced by Fernando by ABBA oh jeez the <laughs> 70s <laughs> oh there's another number one in 76 which I think might um might be on your list but I really want to talk about that at some point 76 was also the year of Demi Roussos <laughs> 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 what a year what a year 76 was well i guess we're going to my number two now as that was yeah, your number yeah, two yeah go for it yeah. uh you know what this is going to be right i've got a few ideas what is it okay it's a novelty song <laughs> uh it is a parody of the melanie safka song about roller skating from 1971 <laughs> uh it's the fucking wurzels <laughs> with combine harvester brandon mckinney Are you going to defend this song? You know what, Nathan? Yes, I am. Oh, this get out. is great. I'm ending the Skype so, call. This is so great. It's, I w- I w- I have, I've got a playlist of the, all the 70s number ones, and this came on when I was in a corner shop <laughs> buying an ice cream. And... You were buying love and kisses at the back <laughs> of the store. And this came on, and I was like, my first thought was, Nathan's going to hate this. 
But had you heard God, it before? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then like the whole way, I heard it the whole way through for like the first time in a while. Um, and oh, you know what? Yes, it's shit. Okay, it's bollocks. He's singing about a combine harvester, fucking Edge Cutler from the Wurzels. Um, it shouldn't have been number one. Certainly shouldn't have been number one for two weeks. Um, but you know what? Fuck it. It's just so overtly ridiculous that it gets a pass from me, and I love it. I love it. And I will now give you the floor to rip it to shreds. Oh, I can't. I mean, just for some more context, they essentially invented a new style of music <laughs> called Scrumpy and Western, which I kind of give them props for, to be fair. Scrumpy and Western. Yes. <laughs> Which came about because obviously they're recorded with banjos, but you know, in a uh, a West Country accent, British yeah. West Country accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the rest of my notes, just a couple of lines that I just thought were rid- sort of funny, but like <laughs> beyond the pale. Yeah. I drove my tractor through your haystack last night. It's got to be the clunkiest innuendo of bad things so far. And <laughs> my God, there's quite a selection to go. God, for. that's aggressive as well. I drove my tractor through your haystack. What the hell does that translate to? You used mechanical engineering to deflower someone, is basically oh, what they've just said. At high speeds. <laughs> and it's private land, so there's no speed limit. Also, what, why would you do that? She's got to pick all that hay up now. <laughs> as long as she is a legit employee of your farm. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up the full lyrics because it's too good. How are we talking about the Wurzels? And the other line I've got... (laughs) Which... which, (laughs) Once again has to be one of the strangest actions on bad things so far. Um, I threw my pitchfork at your dog. Is that an innuendo, or is that he just killed her dog? He just, he just, it's a new Olympic sport, <laughs> similar to the javelin. The dog runs across. You throw the pitchfork. Points for severity of the sharpness of the pitchfork and also accuracy. Threw my pitchfork at your dog. <laughs> That's the second lyric. That reminds me of. Um, Obviously, you're you're very much up on your animal rights, and you're <laughs> yes, far yes. much much nicer person than I am. <laughs> but I remember you sent me a video, it's a wrestling video, of someone mm. hitting someone yeah. with a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he grabbed a chicken and hit him with it. Oh, so not okay. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Yeah, I've got I've got the lyrics up here. Um... <laughs> We'll have twins and triplets. I'm a man built for speed. <laughs> yeah, because you, you've described your phallus as a tractor. <laughs> that's why. Oh, and the last line is, um, uh, you're a fine looking woman and I can't wait to get me hands on your land. <laughs> so he's also just doing it for monetary gain as well. Yeah. Yeah, and right. he's also like, now that we're both past our 50s, I think that you and me should stop this gallivanting and will you marry me? I'm starting to think this song is so funny that it shouldn't be in my list. But, I think that's uh, my reasoning behind it. It's, mm-hmm. Do you know what the um, the album it's from is called? Oh, God, go on. Is it just called Cornwall? <laughs> no. Top of the Crops. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hate this so much. (laughs) I'm going to send you, because the Wurzels do a load of cover albums. Um, I'm going to send you their version of um, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. I might play a bit in now because it's so funny. Slip inside the eye of your mind Don't you know you might find A better place to play You said that you never been oh, And that album's called Nevermind the, the Bullocks Here's the Wurzels <laughs> So in 1976, you could have gone down to a record store and probably in the front of the store would have been Love and Kisses <laughs> by Brotherhood of Man and Top of the Crops by the Wurzels. Um, um, almost makes you happy that Thatcher got in, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and let's not forget the Roussos phenomenon. Oh, um, Jacob, it's time. <laughs> we're, we're, we're moving away from, more, from that, that comic aspect and we're going to your... Number one worst song of probably the worst pop decade. <laughs> it is, and we've already talked about it. It is from 1972. Long-haired lover from Liverpool, Little Jimmy Osmond. Fuck this song. <laughs> the banjo is disgusting. The the high-pitched vocals are ear-destroying. I think this actually gave me a bit of tinnitus when I listened to it. Um, a nine-year-old singing a song about love is just disgusting. The Osmonds make me sick. <laughs> He's not from Liverpool. Da- su- fucking sunshine, daisy flower bullshit. It's, it's It made me cross. It made me angry, this song to listen to. Do you find something cult-like about the Osmonds? Well, yeah. Very cult-like. Uh, I mean, they're Mormons, which, you know, is not necessarily Ooh, here we Here we go. Not into necessarily the a bad thing. Um, but you know the guy who was the what was the guy who founded the Mormons? Is it um oh Joseph Smith? Yes, yeah. yeah he's he's got his problems. Um, and uh, Mormonism is that Jesus founded America, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, that's this. all I'm going to say. <laughs> the like the fact that the Osmonds were just all over the show. Donny Osmond had another song uh, that I put on my list. Young Love. Have you heard that one? Nope, but I can see where that's going to go. Terrible. Uh, Love Me For A Reason, the Osmonds track, that got to yeah. number one. That's the boys' own song, you mean. <laughs> that's bollocks. Um, yeah, the Osmonds annoy me. I like, I love the like I, the Osmonds now. Great. Jimmy Osmond was on MasterChef a couple of years ago. He's hilarious. They've all turned out like fairly okay as well, which is a miracle. Uh, and obviously Donny Osmond was in the film version of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which, as a massive lovey, I'm a huge fan of. So Maybe it's can. a similar story to Rebecca Black, as you just develop this incredible sense of humour, because mm. adults have ruined your life. <laughs> <laughs> you go one of two ways, I think. You either go down the Jimmy Osmond route, where you know you sort of take it with a pinch of salt, or you just turn into an absolute mental case. And how much did it annoy you that he tries to say he's from Liverpool? That's, sorry, I'm just going to keep going on about that. With the most high-pitched Mickey Mouse voice you've ever heard in your life. Mm. Oh, this song is dreadful. Why do people buy it? Because people just lost their minds in the <laughs> 70s and s- stopped buying cool stuff. The 60s were over... You know, Keith Moon, Jimmy, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix were dead. There was no hope left for anyone. And, oh, God, oh, I hate it. Nathan, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. 
make it stop. I mean, like, obviously Thatcher's awful, but, like, <laughs> in terms of, like, creating a- at least an initial amount of wealth for music to get a bit more interesting, <laughs> like, you know, fair props to Maggie. Obviously, she's, you know, the worst. But, uh... <laughs> we've offended the Mormons and we've offended the Thatcherites. Job well done. What's your number one? I'm My... I'm intrigued because there's like I'm just going through the list again, uh, and there's a lot of there's so much bollocks. <laughs> you talk about like oh Johnny Mathis uh, when a child is born. That's, That's a nice tune. Oh, it's rubbish, Nathan. What? So oh, rubbish. I just love crooners, as you know. I know so. you do. Yeah, Johnny. I like Johnny Mathis, not that song. Uh, Lonely this Christmas by Mud bollocks. Dodo. Um, <laughs> Dodo. Tears on my pillow, Johnny Nash. Um... <laughs> Dodo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm so caught up in the bullshit. Um, yeah, tell me your least favorite, and um, 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 it's probably going to be one I like. It's actually from the early seventies. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen seventy-one. Okay. Uh, a band that didn't hold back with um, explaining what their their manifesto was for their for their pop music. <laughs> Right. Uh, this is a band called Middle of the Road. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's a song called Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap. <laughs> song is originally by La- Lally Stott. <laughs> Who? Who? I don't know. It was uh, released by both Middle of the Road and Mac and Katie Kissoon. Sure. Um, but that version only reached number 41. This, for me, is the final death knell. Oh, the voice is coming in now. <laughs> this is the final death knell of the psychedelic era for me. There's no holding back on the safety of the material and the band name. Middle what the of the f- Road. What the fuck is that? What? Where's your mama gone? What is that? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's Nathan getting cross. Where's your baby gone as well? Uh... Uh, Jacob, could you explain to me what the fuck a chirpy chirpy cheap cheap is as well? Is it sounds, isn't that a power-up in Mario Kart? <laughs> is this where I have to source some Mario Kart? <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I haven't heard this song. Um, but the title, wow. the title Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap, really puts, puts me on edge. And I'm just looking at it now. Um, it, is one of, it is fewer than 50 singles yep. that have sold 10 million physical copies in the world. What the hell? <laughs> The other stat I have for this song is um, The Observer ran a rather niche poll Hmm. uh, entitled The Unintentionally Creepy Songs Poll (laughs) in 2006, and this topped the lot. What else was on that poll? I I didn't look any further (laughs) into that. I hope the webpage still exists for that poll. (laughs) We are revisiting that at some point. Uh, I'm just looking at 1971. There's some real crap in here. Um, well, I mean, I quite like these songs, but I know you're going to hate them. Grandad by Clive Dunn. 
Um, Don't think I've heard it. Okay. Ernie the Fastest Milkman in the West by Benny Hill. <laughs> I like that song. Um, I think the saving graces of, of 71 were T-Rex uh, and George Harrison because, thankfully, My Sweet Lord outsold Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap. <laughs> what T-Rex is there? Is it like Metal Guru or something? Uh, it's Hot Love and Get It On. Okay. God, Metal Guru is a weird song. Metal Guru. Are you talking about this because you don't want to talk about Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap Yes, I'm avoiding it by talking about Metal Guru. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm going to make it my mission to listen to Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap after this. Um, But yeah, I can believe it's a terrible song. I think Um, you'll probably know it, like it will be in the back of your mind somewhere. Okay. Because the refrain is so, the the mama refrain is so famous. Okay, fair enough. Oh, um, I'm impressed you only got really angry at that song, to be fair. I'm I'm delighted with myself. You still didn't (laughs) tell me what a chirpy chirpy (laughs) cheap is. I don't know, Nathan. Nobody knows. Not even fucking middle of the road, no. Can I just apologise to my mum here? Hmm. Uh, because she loves all this 70s stuff, and I'm sorry for ripping it to shreds. There's I'm real... sorry that Rod was an honourable mention. <laughs> yeah, there's a real cult following around the 70s. I think you ha- you have to have grown up in the 70s to like it. Um, I don't hate glam. I think glam has a place, uh, but I can see why people don't like it. It was definitely... Music was still finding its feet, uh, and then you get to 79... Uh, and there's actually some really good stuff in there. You've got Heart of Glass by Blondie. That was a number one in 79. Um, you've got uh, some Bee Gees stuff. Uh, Our Friends Electric by Way Army. You know, music is on the up and up. Um, but my Yeah, God. I, 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 I'm probably quite happy to make a grand statement and say that 76 and 77 are mm. the worst. <laughs> 76! What the hell happened? <laughs> Oh, we survived the seventies, Nathan. We did it. We, we've we've made it through one final <laughs> rant at the end there. Um, but Jacob, you're going to be uh, manning the ship for the next extra bad. Uh, mm. Anything from the eighties? Uh, any sort of vague references you want to make now, just so oh. that people are aware. I'll say two words, Nathan, uh, and that charity singles. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh oh, we're going to get controversial. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I will be mentioning someone's grandparents definitely. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just to say that now, that will be on the list, uh, and also Christmas probably my least favourite song ever will be on the list as well. Holy shit! Okay, well, uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, you are our most ardent of listeners. Those who are also listening into Extra Bad, so thank you very much for that. We hope that you liked our jaunt through uh, the, this shocking decade. Uh, next up is the eighties. Um, I'd be interested to see how much uh, how much guff I managed to find because a lot of the 80s I quite like. Mm. Um, Jacob, thank you once again for uh, taking us through that and uh, for bumping Jimmy up up your list. <laughs> no, Nathan, it was my pleasure. On that note, it's a goodbye from the 70s from me. It's a goodbye from the 70s and so long from me. And we will see you for the 1980s. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.